you know what? You all have a problem, and you should all really read this book. That's what a manager told me and my team once, and that's the story that's featured this week on That Change Show. Welcome back to That Change Show. I'm your host, Jason Little. This is a weekly 15-minute or so show that I do to take questions from Lean Coffees and workshops all around the world and try to give you some insights and some information for how you can get your change unstuck. Now, normally there's video versions as well, but if you're watching this on YouTube, obviously there's no video this time around. So let's get right into it. So this question came from a Lean Coffee session that I did recently with Jorge Olson and uh, his class. He was running an internal class, and what this this was a really interesting one. So, was what innovative practice would you recommend for an internal team, man, an internal management team when mistrust is high? Sorry for that little slip. This session was actually in Spanish, so I guess I just didn't translate those words properly. Anyway, trust is a tricky one. So the story that I mentioned in the opening was a true story. The manager actually bought copies of five dysfunctions of a team and literally in the team meeting threw the books down on the table and said, you guys have a problem you need to fix and threw the book at us. Um, metaphorically speaking, of course, he put the books on the table. He didn't physically throw them at us because that's probably not a nice thing to do. But uh, if you've never done that assessment, it's a really interesting thing to do with a team. And long story short, it turned out that the assessment told us that there was a very high sense of trust within the team and a very strong team container and a very weak connection between the team and the manager. And this wasn't the first time we had a challenge. And let me preface this with, because you know there might be people listening to this who were actually in the organization at the time, and the goal here is not to single out the manager as being bad and us as the team being good. It just wasn't a fit. There wasn't a good connection, as much as there was a personal connection between us and the manager, who, who was a really nice guy, a really good guy. But in the context of work, the dynamic was just off. We, we philosophically didn't agree on how to do change in the organization, and um, it manifested itself in a bunch of ways. I mean, the, the first... Uh, one of the first conversations I had with that manager was two weeks after I had started and uh, we our change team was similar to what you would see in big organizations you've got managers and then you've got senior um, contributor level people and junior contributor level people and in our view as the seniors there was no difference between the two we were doing the same job um, we had very similar skill sets you know maybe we might have had more experience but f for us didn't matter it's we we were peers and a couple of weeks after I started I remember I got pulled into the office and and uh, was asked what you know where where is Biff Biff was one of the coaches you know I said um don't know he's probably working with one of his teams right now and the manager said well you're the senior you're responsible for knowing where the people are at all times and monitoring their work and those types of things and I thought hmm you know, maybe this wasn't the best decision to come to this organization, but I understood where he was coming from. That That's the way things worked in that organization. You know, we'd, we'd be in meetings with managers and staff level people, and it almost felt like, you know, team members or people at the staff level were looking around for approval to just be able to speak up from their managers. And the people were great. I mean, we, we got along with everybody in that in that place. The dynamic was just a little bit weird. So when you get into, you know, what's an innovative practice for for um, working with teams or management when mistrust is high, 
there really isn't a tool per se. You know, you're not going to stick a template in front of people and get them to fill it out and, and magic is, is going to weave its way through that team and fix them. It's more about, you know, the conversations, obviously, but really understanding where that mistrust is coming from. As change agents, you know, the context of this question was an external change group that's often going into an organization and that's their perception. So I really answered the question with, validate that perspective you know is this just something you're seeing based on your observations and your previous history what evidence do you see that there actually is mistrust and sometimes that can manifest itself in a bunch of different ways it can be outright hostility which i've seen and it can be your typical talking behind people's backs that you normally see oh did you hear about that guy you know they never deliver anything properly and blah 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 but tr trust is a big topic. It's not something you're gonna fix with, like I said, just, just a, a template. So for me, it's always trying to go to the source of how did this happen in the first place? And is what we're seeing just a manifestation of other types of stress in the organization? It reminds me of um, one organization where I was kind of parachuted in the, mi parachuted in the middle between two VPs, one on the IT side, one on the business side who just, didn't, um, I wouldn't say outright finger pointing, but there wasn't really a good relationship between the two of them. There was kind of the sense that uh, from the business side, IT is always talking about how agile they are and how great things are. And from his perspective as the business VP, well, why haven't I had anything delivered for my portfolio for the last year? And the, the kind of, um, I guess, maybe not unwillingness to talk about those things, but the more you let those things fester, the harder they are to fix. And sometimes it's just not repairable at all. So what I would say is there, there's a few things you can do and it really depends on the level you're at in the organization. You know, if you're at the team level, you can use things like lean coffees or there's a really cool exercise. I can't remember where it came from, but you might have heard the phrase, uh, how do we make it okay to talk about the elephant in the room? You actually bring in a stuffed ele elephant, put it in the corner, and you let people talk to the elephant because they might not feel safe speaking up. There's also the EVSP retrospective type, and that's where you start the conversation by asking people what's their disposition or their general attitude towards the retrospective. The E being explorer, so are you there to explore? V is a visitor, P is a prisoner. Um, I can't remember what S is, but it basically sets the frame for where people's heads are at when they come into the retrospective. Are they there because they feel they have to be there or do they really wanna have a good conversation? Another really good practice is doing a safety check. So I did this with one team a uh, number of years ago and as the coaches, you know, we, we could see behaviors that led us to believe there was kind of an underlying trust problem or there was some other weird people dynamic that was going on. So we had the team together for a full week and we did a in person. So they were distributed across the country and we did an exercise at the beginning of every day called a safety check. So from zero to five, how safe do you feel to speak up and be totally honest in our time together? Because we were doing kind of a combination of rebooting their transformation, team building and the liftoff and a bunch of other things. And the numbers varied between people and eventually it led us into a conversation where one of the coaches wrote a sticky in the retrospective and said, I don't appreciate passive aggressive comments from teammates. 
And when we talked about these things, we kind of looked at that one on the wall, and as coaches, we thought the window just opened. That's the thing we need to jump into and talk about. So we grabbed that sticky and we said, this one sounds important. Do you guys want to talk about this? And then, you know, you feel the air getting sucked out of the room and you feel like, "Uh oh, we just stepped in something. And we actually talked about it. So the person who wrote it brought it up and addressed the person by name and said, hello, Biff. I don't think it's useful or valuable when you talk this way. And Biff wasn't aware. You know, some people, we forget that some people have preference for introversion, for extroversion. Some people like brutal truth. Some people like kind truth. We're all different. There's no right or wrong. Um, for, For Biff, it was more effective to just be blunt and say whatever was on his mind. And that rubbed some people the wrong way. But like I said, depending on the level that you're at in the organization, those party tricks, if you want to call them that, some people call them party tricks, will work there, but they're probably not going to work the higher up you go in an organization, especially if you're talking about an enterprise, you know, Fortune 50, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 company, and you're in at the leadership level, which let's face it, not many of us get access to that level as change agents, depending on the circumstance. When you get into those situations, odds are you know, those leaders are working with other extremely high-end leadership coaches to work on those things. And maybe if you get limited time with them, sometimes, at least from my experience, when you call these things out in the room, they're much more receptive to talking about it. And I was in a meeting with uh, one organization. I think I told this story in the episode two, I think the spectacular failure story, um, because nothing actually worked in this organization. And it was pretty obvious there was something going on in the room. So when we talked about the mistreatment of employees and some of the yelling matches that we saw on the floor, the, the, the top leader in that room was pretty shocked by it and started yelling at the direct reports and F this and F that and all that stuff. And um, I cut him off and just said, well, you know, this is the job. You don't sit around waiting for escalations, right? You've got to get out on the floor and see what's going on. And that conversation, I guess, ended up um, turning into us basically saying, the, the problem is not the people who are trying to do this agile stuff. Part of the problem is what's going on in this room right now. So if this is the way we're behaving towards each other in this room at this level, don't expect people on your teams to get along and do work. That's just not the way things work. So we've got to work on whatever's going on in this room. And we were very congruent and clear that this was our meeting to fire them. So you are fired as a client. We can't help you with this until we try to figure out what's going on in this room. And they ended up getting leadership coaching for a couple of years from another colleague of ours. And so, like I said, depending on the level that you're brought in in the organization, when you're trying to deal with a trust problem, it's not, you know, I hate to pick on the agile crowd, but you look at some of the stuff on Twitter and LinkedIn and and, and it, it can be very party trickish, like I mentioned, if you're doing some things at the team level. So you'll get into things like, oh, we just need to build trust and we need to, all these fluffy light things that, you know, I personally kind of believe in. But when you get to that level, it's hard work. It's, you know, we forget that there's a long history between people and organizations and we're seeing a tiny smidgen of it. And we can't just walk in with this easy answer of, oh, let's look at this five dysfunctions of a team model and let's try to do this this worksheet from the book and then we'll be able to figure it out. 
it's hard work you got to look for your window of opportunity and you have to look for an ally odds are there's somebody in that leadership team that wants to try to repair these relationships and the worst case scenario you know maybe somebody's got to go there's no shame in uh just saying you know what it's not a fit for me i can't work in this environment anymore i can't work with this team or um, this isn't helping my career, this is driving my stress levels up. There's so many different things that could be going on instead of just looking at, you know, what's what's a practice we can use to build trust when there's mistrust. So if you remember from uh, the, the last episode, the, the fluff and bullshit episode, it was probably one of my favorite episodes, but one of the least popular. Um, I think people love easy answers and maybe I was picking on people who toss easy answers out. But that's kind of the vibe of this show is if you want a bunch of easy answers, go on LinkedIn and find something that's got 5 million reactions on it and it'll make you feel good about whatever it is you're thinking about. If you want real advice to fix real problems, this is probably the podcast for you because I'm kind of in the middle of the kind truth and the brutal truth. I'll, I'll call it like I see it, but I recognize that change is really hard. It's kind of like a Rubik's cube that's built out of LEDs. As you're trying to solve a problem or work through it, the colors and the LEDs are, are changing and making it even harder to solve that problem. So hope you enjoyed this audio only episode. I might just keep these audio going forward because this one actually just felt a lot better to record um, instead of sitting in front of the camera and trying to put this on LCM TV. So these are going to continue to be on LCM TV, but they'll just be um, obviously no video associated with it. So you can still listen to these on YouTube. And then obviously you can check these out in your favorite podcast reader. I'm Jason Little, your host, and you can find more episodes at thatchangeshow.com. And again, every episode and a bunch of other cool stuff at leanchange.tv. Thanks for listening.